frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Don't you understand, George? It's because you were not born. Film church. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. It's not about who's right or wrong. No, the denominations noted yet because they're all too self-righteous to realize that it isn't doesn't matter what you have faith in. Just that you have faith. The heart's in the right place, but your brain's just gotta wake up. Snoogans, and welcome to Film Church Radio, <laughs> the podcast that treats cinema as a religion. It's Sunday. I'm Brandon. I'm Lewis. And we are here to talk about movies. Each week, Lewis and I alternate picking a film for both of us to watch and discuss. However, it is the first Sunday of the month. So do you know what that means? I don't, Brandon. What does that mean? We have a special guest today. <laughs> uh, this guest is a friend of mine. We both attended Sundance in 2020, right before the pandemic broke out. Um, we were both there as volunteers through our film program at ASU. Uh, a few months after that, uh, we made a short film together that he wrote and directed and I produced titled Broken Boy. Um, when he's not on a film set, you can find him taking amazing photographs or on, on his podcast, Host of Horrors, where he reviews horror films. That's right, listeners. Give it up for the one and only my good friend, Jason Woods. Woo-woo! <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, guys. Of What's course, up? with this beautiful, beautiful intro, I'm Jason Woods. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great honor to be here. I've been wanting to be on this for a long time, a very, very long time. Ever since, you know, day one, as they say. So <laughs> I'm excited to be part of the the film church crew now. You get to be That's part right. of the, you know, pulpit instead of the congregation. Yeah, man. Yeah, Welcome. Can't so, wait to hear you preach. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, got to get a good sermon going, man. Got to get a good sermon going. <laughs> so, so what are we watching? So the film I chose is Dogma from 1999 directed and written by kevin smith it stars ben affleck matt damon linda florentino george carlin jason lee the late and great alan rickman jason mules kevin smith of course chris rock and Selma hayek so with a star-studded cast like that and this highly highly you can say controversial and now as a result hard to find and hard to watch film you know you have to you, you gotta listen you gotta listen to see what makes this a great film and why it's deserving to be in the church the film church <laughs> that's well put thank you mm -hmm. for being here today thank you for bringing us thank this film um of course if you're new to the show um, and you don't know how it works, uh, at the end of each episode, we kind of announce what we're going to be watching next Sunday. So be sure to listen to the end to find that out. Um, you can also find us on all the po podcast platforms. Be sure to subscribe on all the Film Church Radio social media where you can find extra content and cool little clips and things that we do. 
um, on our YouTube channel. We also have some extra reviews. If you're listening to this podcast today on uh, Spotify or iTunes or just, you know, an audio platform, um, this very special podcast with Jason Woods here is going to also be on YouTube with video because we're doing this over Zoom. So um, go find the Film Church Radio YouTube channel to watch us and see what we look like. Put faces to these voices. You get um, to see our beautiful faces. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so usually at this point in the show, we kind of talk about um, the movies we've been watching this week, but we're changing it up since we have a guest and we're going to kind of ask you questions and get to know you a little bit better as a film lover so all right all right let's do it <laughs> the first question we have for you today jason is what made you convert to the church of film who what made me convert to the church of film so i've always been i've always been like a fan of visuals because mm -hmm. uh my love of film actually started from my love of music videos so I've always been looking at music videos and then learning about how the visual can enhance the original source material. So that's why I'm a big fan of like adaptations and all of that. Yeah. So I think that's why I'm really into the church of film and why I am a devoted, devoted disciple. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. God, these religious puns. <laughs> yeah, I was like, so you just can thinking, phase them out. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking too. No, I was like, I I, I'm, I'm looking at these questions. I'm like, I don't even know what my answers would be for this. Yeah, these are. Yeah, they're tough. <laughs> I think that's the best part. <laughs> um, so we're gonna try to get you to pick a film now. What film would you show? to a church on a Sunday if you were the guest preacher. I mean, that's kind of what you're doing today, I guess. But, you know, yeah. if you actually had, you know, a captivated um, church audience, and it could be, a, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a Christian church. It could be whatever you want to yeah. think church. of. <laughs> church of Buddhism. <laughs> <laughs> so me and Brandon have a friend who I found out not too long ago is an actual like ordained minister who's ordained by the church of Judaism. You know who he is, Brendan. Are, are you, wait, are you talking about, you know who, who are you talking about? <laughs> I don't you know, know who you're you talking know, about. Are, the cinematographer for Broken Boy. Mitch? Yes. Really? Yes. <laughs> that That's well, like a real thing. That's apparently a real thing. So <clears throat> that's why if I was a guest preacher, I'll go black, full on blasphemy and show the big Lebowski. Okay. Do you think that film for, like for the new church represent yourself kind of thing? Do you think that that's a good representation of you as like a viewer, but also as a filmmaker? Hmm. God, mm, I don't think they really represents me as a, a film filmmaker as a whole. If I mm. wanted to go that route, ooh, I feel like I've been saying it's to death. 
but I will show Moonlight by Barry Jenkins because mm-hmm. that would be a film that like I would love to show my show my congregation. Yeah, if I was a guest preacher, so like that because that's one not only my favorite film, but that's one of my I feel like fundamentals as yeah. a filmmaker. Like the beats, the story, the everything that I would like to tell mm. as a filmmaker is that film is it is it yeah do you do you feel like moonlight um changed the way that you saw film like changed your your idea of what film could be uh, yes i feel like it changed the way that film is for me is for the reason that the fact that it got an oscar it from it got this picture the fact that a film about a, a coming of age story about black queer people in the hood as well. Yeah. And coming to terms with that, that storytelling being so powerful that it wins best picture. And <laughs> also kind of like beat, uh, beats it against La La Land of all movies. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was prime picking for best picture. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big moment. Yeah. Yeah. It, that huge. was a change, a huge, huge upset, but it was a great change. And just fundamentally, just it just gave me a drive that I just really haven't felt in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like, oh, wow, the industry is changing. Yes. The industry yeah. is finally changing. If anything else, like at least a little bit, like, of course, the next year was it like the Green Book or whatever yeah. that one? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're not going to talk about what happened there. Oh. <laughs> Spike Lee okay. wouldn't forgive us, <laughs> right? So for yeah. every feel like every step we move forward is always like some weird step back. Mm-hmm. But mm. uh, lately, at least when it comes to award uh, movies, we've been going in a great forward uh, trajectory. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm excited to I think... see what this year comes. I think with Moonlight, it was just, it was not the case of like it won, you know, Best Picture, was, which was amazing, but it was the fact that there was room for these stories and these storytellers to to be put on that stage. You know, it wasn't just kind of reduced down to indie filmmakers and, you know, smaller stories anymore. It was like mainstream mm-hmm. and people knew it. It was It was so great. Yeah, that was one of the best Oscars. It Hands was. down. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. It was. Moonlight's a great Last choice. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you can imagine a film heaven, what would it look like? This one. Oh. All right. So, I've been kind of, I don't know. I used to, because I was raised, of course, Baptist. So, I always used to things like, we're all going to like, you know, heavenly gates and whatnot. But over time, I've realized that I feel like heaven is like a bunch of personal heavens. It's like, Philip, if you've been, you know, generally a good person in your life, you get everything that you kind of want in your afterlife. So it's like, you will have stuff like your favorite desires, 
things you've always wanted, people you've always wanted to see who passed on either too early or so on and so forth. I think when it comes to film heaven, it's like more so getting to meet your idols who've passed on in the industry. And you get just have like just multiple theaters just rolling just all of like their best works and yeah. you can get to actually like speak to them and just like have this just otherworldly heavenly no pun intended uh just conversations that you wouldn't have had in you know in life yeah. so that's kind of what i would feel like film heaven would be like so in this film heaven jason who would be the first director that you would make a beeline for who would you be like okay i need to ask this person some questions Okay, maybe, probably maybe it wouldn't be the very first one, but the one I would like to speak to the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm begging between like Kubrick and there's this German filmmaker, uh, Asbinder. If I can, if mm-hmm. that's Asbinder. Yeah, I think that's right. Fassbinder, Foss, <laughs> Fassbinder. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Rainer Warner Fosbinder. I know I wasn't pronouncing that correctly, but ultimately what happened is that he worked so hard, worked so, so hard on everything, every theater show that he did, every TV show, every movie, everything that he's done, he's worked his ass off to do. He's wrote, written everything. He's basically done everything on his own. He's come from like the dredges of like, oh, I got to do all of this on my own. And it's also just the fact that he was one of the the earliest people I know that's not in, in America, who's like, who's doing queer films and normalizing queer films yeah. before, um, you know, it was like outside of the Hayes Code as well, since it, a lot of all of his stuff is like in Germany, German. Yeah. So he was probably one of the first people I'll talk to just about his style, his filmmaking, his stories, and all of that. Um, then Kubrick, because I'm like, why did you put so much people through pain for your art? It's beautiful, but why? <laughs> why did you do this? Um, who else? Who else? Um, then I'd be like, then with Kubrick, I'd be like, I, I know that you were having a fun time with 2001: A Space Odyssey. But I just want to know how, how big were the drugs were you on? How <laughs> high? were you <laughs> how much of an acid trip were you on to where you were coming up with stuff like that yeah how high were you and where can i get those drugs from <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah that's that's the uh, that's answer that part of the question i know that's kind of long-winded but yeah no that's great yeah i mean yeah that's awesome i think everybody that's into film has got at least as long as they're on to ask Kubrick. Yeah. You know, just kind of his films are so diverse and insanely 
beautiful. So he's a god. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, last question. If you were to show a film at a wedding that you're officiating, what would you show? Oh, oh, you know what? I've been trying to figure this one out for such a long time. I really don't know, but I feel like if I'm going to show like officiate, like show a wedding to that I'm officiating. Hmm. Okay, so I'm kind of a sucker for romantic comedies. Yeah. So I will possibly show, hmm. Okay. So the movie's only okay to me, but <clears throat> I think it's just like so silly and cheesy. Jennifer Lopez's um, you do Jennifer Lopez's uh, "Marry Me." Oh, or, the, like the um, recent, the one that came out this year. Yeah, yeah the one that came out recently. With old wow. Wilson, yeah, wow. <laughs> or twenty-seven dresses. I think with Captain Heigl. I think mm-hmm. just like just cute stuff like that. Oh, yeah. or bridesmaids. I'll probably show bridesmaids too. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah, definitely bridesmaids. <laughs> because I love a good raunchy uh R-rated uh comedy. Yeah. So same. Those would be my top three choices. Sweet. Nice. Those are all good. Yeah. I like it. I feel like we understand you a little more now. J- just a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just a little bit more. <laughs> Do you have any questions for us? Mm, I think what kind of uh what kind of film would either of y'all would make if you've had to impress God himself? <laughs> That's a good one. If we had to impress God. Yeah, if you had to impress God himself, it's like this film would be a difference between you going to heaven. Oh or like going down to hell like what kind of film would you make or what film would you show mm. make I or show think there is nothing better than a very tight whodunit and I think that if you were to make a film and show it to God and him not guess the ending I think he would get you into heaven if you was if you were kept guessing, <laughs> a usual suspects type of film where that end is just like oh my god, <laughs> or oh my me in God's terms, um, <laughs> but <laughs> just something along those lines, just to um, you know just wow him a little bit. You know, it's still a crowd pleaser; everyone can go and see it. But there's stuff there for you know the higher as well. That would be my pick. Talk about a higher power. Yeah. <laughs> If I could um, bring a video camera and record God's face while showing him this film, <laughs> I would show multiple maniacs. 
Oh god. From John Waters, <laughs> one of his first films. No. <laughs> no. Just to You're see like the hell. Just to see what he would do or she. Uh you you going straight the well. Well, to me, that's like one of the greatest films ever created. Yeah, you could just be like, just just look how diverse and incredible the people you made are. (laughs) That they created this. Like, you are a genius for allowing us to be out in this world creating. You gave us this creativity. Yeah. Look what we've done with it. Aren't you proud? Look at that lobster. (laughs) Oh, my God. Are you proud, Mama? Are you proud of me now? (laughs) oh if i couldn't bring a video camera i would just try to imprint that image in my head yeah so i could yeah. describe it to people make a whole career out of telling people that experience would it be the same as like that time that you dreamt of bruce campbell so you <laughs> imprinted that image in your head it, could, it would be something like that probably that full story is now available on YouTube. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I had a dream about Bruce Campbell, and um, I had to make a vlog about it, so you can find it on YouTube if you're interested. And I'm sure oh, dreams are going to come up a little time. bit later in this episode. So Yeah. <laughs> we love a good story time. <laughs> yeah. I've got a good one for y'all. Ooh. <laughs> now or just later. a little bit later when we get onto the show okay, yeah when cool. we talk about some of the people involved in it sweet yeah. interesting hmm. tease it <laughs> yeah well speaking of which um i think we're at that part of the show where we are talking about the main course uh which is dogma from 1999 um it can be hell getting into heaven great tagline <laughs> Uh, the letterbox summary is the uh, the latest battle in the eternal war between good and evil has come to New Jersey in the late 20th century. Angels, demons, apostles, and prophets of a sort walk among the cynics and innocents of America and duke it out for the fate of humankind. Wow. So that's a, good, that's a good tagline right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, letterbox is where it's at. Yeah. Uh, if, oh yeah. So, so Jason, why, mm-hmm. why did you pick this film? And also, I, I don't think this was your first time watching it. Like for, for the listeners out there, usually we pick films that, you know, sometimes we haven't seen before, but all of us have seen this film before, I think. Right, Jason. And, um, yeah. So why did you pick this film and what was your first what was your introduction to like Kevin Smith and this movie and your, what was your experience watching it for the first time? Okay. So funny story. Um, okay. So I chose this film because whenever I watched it, I was like, like, I feel like I was going through like a whole roller coaster of emotions when I was watching it, because when you hear about like the lore behind it, you just like, the lore, oh, I wouldn't much say necessarily say a lore. It's just more so just like the story behind like the production of it, and then the re- you know the release, the reception of it all is like it's very fascinating. That is one of the best works of Kevin Smith, but it's also the hardest to find because right now it's kind of out of print because of 
it being produced by the Weinsteins and them technically still having the rights to it. Yeah. Um, so it's technically out of print right now. No one can really watch it unless they had a DVD copy of it. Or, you know, if you're like me, <laughs> you found a copy on, you know, insert social media website here. <laughs> I'm not trying to get it deleted. <laughs> but I have to basically I have to part the Red Seas in order to watch it. And funnily enough, another Mitch story. Me and Mitch were just hanging out one day and we very we've been basically hanging out all day. And all of a sudden we were like talking about like Kevin Smith stuff and we came try to we were talking about dogma. And then we found dogma like randomly and we managed to like basically watch the whole thing and when i when i was watching it it was just phenomenal just how cleverly written it is and kind of sort of been a fan of using like religious iconography and religious text and all of that and kind of like you know adapting certain things like that into your own stories i like stuff like that and then you know, with the release and the whole backlash, maybe like the one backlash from um, New Jersey, from the Catholics. And I think it was also fun. I think either Kevin or Jason, Kevin, I think Kevin is or was like a devout Catholic or he was raised Catholic. Yeah, he, yeah, <laughs> Kevin he was. was, yeah. <clears throat> so with that, it was kind of like, oh, you're basically writing a story about, you know, your life or something like that's related to your life by your, a battle with religion. And that's also very fair because a lot of people struggle with religion all the time, especially like with how hateful some of the text, some of the uh, texts and some of the people interpret that text will be, yeah. um, stuff like that. So that's why I always that I find it enjoyable to watch because it's like it's a deconstruction of someone's like personal um you know stance on said religion and yeah. it's giving basically it was giving the same energy as you know Book of Mormon yeah I never it was I never saw the Book of Mormon but it's been on my list for a while I'm sure the recordings are out there um Damn, but I really want to yeah one of my favorite pieces of trivia about the the release of this film is Kevin Smith um, going and participating in the protests and the protesters not knowing that it was him. And he like made signs that said like dogma is dog shit. <laughs> and, and then like he actually got interviewed by the news, like the local news. Um, and he's like, you can find these clips on the internet of him like talking about the movie as just like a regular protester. <laughs> It's and amazing. The news article is all like he he looks similar. He looks like the director, but he didn't say he was. His same name is Brian Johnson. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah, and then and then Kevin Smith is like, yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just think it's the most genius, um, the most genius part of uh marketing ever. In his mm-hmm. words, he did say he was a press whore. So, yeah, yeah, man. 
it's it's ingenious yeah how about you lewis what uh what's been your experience with this film yeah so um it's been it was a little weird so when i first moved to the u.s um i didn't have a job for a while and my wife worked away uh, a lot she was a flight she still is a flight attendant um and near our apartment we had a um a movie trading company store so i'd kind of like walk over there most days and just kind of have a browse through and find like a cheap film or two to take home and watch um and one and i found dogma like a dvd copy of dogma um pretty cheap this was seven or eight years ago um and i was a massive fan of chasing amy and you know hadn't really got into the viewer skew universe just yet um love chasing amy though so i bought dogma um took it home and watched it and i thought it was great you know i, I did enjoy it thought it was really good um and then later on found out that the dvd is really hard to come by now yeah um that it's not you know it's obviously not in print anymore um so i felt very lucky it's like the the uh god had kind of presented me with this gift um so when jason um suggested it, i was like oh cool i can dig it out again i yeah. cannot find it oh so, you can't find it no oh. we have moved five times since i bought it and i and i know the cover i know that it's like a thicker case it's not like the normal dvd case yeah um and i had a look in my cupboard and it wasn't there it's got to be somewhere because i know yeah. i wouldn't have thrown it away yeah but i was just like physical media even when you've got it you can't find it so. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. your wife when she when y'all were moving she was digging through your collection and she picked it up and she was like dogma is dog shit and she just threw it out <laughs> yeah. i mean let's hope not because somebody <laughs> you know it's just lying there in a in a garbage pit somewhere yeah <laughs> the luckily, my, Kevin uh, Smith. luckily my brother-in-law had a dvd copy nice so he, he pulled it out but it doesn't have any special features it's just like a regular dvd mm, yeah did yours have special features i think so i think it was the double disc version yeah oh. i know there was like a booklet in there oh man it's yeah a good one i know this is what's annoying it's like where the <laughs> heck is it so i need yeah. to find it trying to get out somewhere so yeah yeah and what about go ahead jason Y'all are so lucky because I had to park the seven seas trying to find trying to watch this movie. Yeah. And y'all had le- like legal versions and well for the most part. I'm yeah. like, man, I had to search high and low for a decent copy that didn't look like dog shit. Unintended. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it'll I mean, get yeah. bought and re-released at some point. I, I really hope they do so. like a Kevin Smith box set. That would be sweet. I mean, I'm assuming, you know, because everything is kind of interwoven now. Yeah. I assume that that's where it goes. But I don't think like he's a huge fan of like DVD and Blu-rays, right? I don't know why. I, I'm be. sure I I've know. heard something that, you know, I know that when um, Jane Silent Bob reboot came out, it was like the DVD sales that kind of kicked it into the into the green, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know that like on the dvd commentary of this which is available on um certain um video websites um he does mention on there something about you know are we doing another dvd commentary that no one's going to listen to you know (laughs) yeah well he's um, changed his attitude a lot yeah you know i i did listen to that commentary too and i feel like you know he's he's a much different person than he he was back when he made this film and when he was like a younger filmmaker i think he's 
Yeah. Um, he would get real defensive, you know, when people criticized his work. And now he's oh, yeah. just like, now he just, you know, doesn't care. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's all about sharing the love and he, he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't usually talk shit about people and stuff. And mm-hmm. he, he always lifts people up and stuff. I, I do have to yeah. say that like Kevin Smith is, is one of the most inspiring filmmakers I have ever listened to or watched just as yeah. a filmmaker myself. Like he has been a huge reason why I haven't given up on this filmmaking dream of mine. Like he's so inspiring. He's so encouraging. Um, he, he does for, for the listeners that don't know much about him. He does a lot of, um, podcasts and like stand up kind of work where he talks about films that he's made. He's like, he he'll, he's, you know, sold out arenas where he just talks and most of it's just about, you know, his filmmaking and stuff, but he's a really good speaker and he's almost, he's kind of a stand up comedian in that way where he's just like, you know, goes up there with a mic and talks for hours. Um, yeah. And, and it's always very inspirational and, and insightful, but um, I can't remember the first time I watched this film, I think it was maybe eight or so years ago. Um, and I think I watched it with Sarah, my girlfriend. Um, and I, I'd already, I'd been trying to go through the Kevin Smith filmography. So I think I'd already seen like mall rats and chasing Amy mm-hmm. and clerks was the first Kevin Smith film I saw. It was clerks and clerks too. Wow. Um, and I got introduced to Kevin Smith from <clears throat> my old boss, Mr. J, if you're listening, <laughs> uh, at, uh, or Mr. A, his, his name was Joe, but we called him Mr. A actually, um, <laughs> uh, at, uh, Carmike, um, the theater I used to work at, he was my manager and I would talk about films all the time. And he's like, you need to watch Kevin Smith. You need to watch uh, Clerks and Clerks 2. He's like, I've got copies if you want to borrow them. And then he let me borrow them. And then immediately when he let me borrow them, he was like, he was like, I could tell he was like afraid that he was, he he had just um, uh, susceptible me to like some horrible evil or vulgar like content <laughs> or something. He was like, yeah. He's like, they're pretty, you know, raunchy, you know, just Mm -hmm. to give you a warning. But I loved them. Like, Clerks was amazing. I really like Clerks, too. I think I watched them back to back. Um, And then, yeah, and eventually found my way to Dogma. And, and like, I it's not my favorite Kevin Smith film, but there's so much about it that I do appreciate. Um, the, The writing, I think, is it's is it strong suit and and of the characters yeah. like the ensemble of characters is is amazing like there's so many things about this film that work that it's hard for me to really because i i i do have some things about it that i'm that don't quite hit for me i guess but it, it's like there's so much good about it i don't even want to talk about the things that i don't like about it you know what i mean yeah um there's there's a lot going on in the film but like the i i just appreciate so much what he did you know the the way like you can tell that he's he's this um this young man who's like questioning all of these things he's questioning 
this church that he was raised in and and that was that was me as a kid like you know as a kid i had a very strong faith in god but i would but i you know but it wasn't like a passive faith you know what i mean like if things didn't make sense i was like well why why are we doing things this way and why are they doing things that way like i i needed to make sense of all of it so you can tell that like he he's kind of the same way and he's like matured to this age where he's he's really picking it apart and breaking it down he's like well what would this this group of characters in the bible look like if they were in a movie you know yeah and uh and they look ridiculous <laughs> that's what they look like you know it's a, it's all a bit ridiculous you know like um it, it's funny like the criticism of the film because it's like do you it's just it's like do people read the bible like it's kind of like out there you know it's a little crazy mm -hmm. it's a little violent you know all these things is a little sexual it's a little rapey it's a little misogynistic it's a little cringy it's like all of these things that they're like criticizing the film for it's like it, this, it's your book <laughs> yeah and 100 um, i think yeah. i think he treads a really great line between um like it not being offensive i mean it's not offensive to me you know i'm not obviously a catholic so it's not you know i don't find it super offensive but there's a lot in there that i'm like like he's still he's not questioning the existence of god he's not questioning people's faith what he's doing is he's questioning modern day reaction to it you know yeah. we start with like buddy christ you know and the whole um catholicism wow yeah and all that kind of it's, it's kind of like how do we get the church to be relatable again and it's like well it's kind of outdated so you don't like this these things aren't you know like fixes it's just yeah. show pieces you know yeah. um it's i think it's a, it really went watching it again this time and i know that we've watched tusk it really made me appreciate early kevin smith and just the the line he tread he trod between being personal and like making a film you know because yeah. those two things are interwoven so well you know you can tell that he's got a bigger budget you can tell that the film looks better um but it's still a very personal story to him yeah. you know and it's um and it did make me kind of pine for this level of kevin smith because now it is just you know it's turned on in on itself so much this view askew universe that it's you know you go to look to find references to films that we've seen before yeah whereas mm -hmm. with this it's more like hey i know these guys from the last film oh they're you know they're apostles or whatever yeah. you know they've <laughs> so um it has got that nice twinge it's just i think it's i think it's really good well and two it's like this this film dogma was released in theaters you know, had a $10 million budget and mm. it made $30 million. Like, um, you know, we haven't seen like a wide release from Kevin Smith probably since like what cop out. Yeah. So yeah. yeah I, 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 and I like late Kevin Smith. Like I like his work. I love Tusk. I love red state. Like I feel like red state would be a good double feature with this movie. Um, have you seen Red State, Jason? Mm, I haven't seen Red State. It, it's a religious, I have seen like horror. I gotta movie. watch it. Yeah. Oh, 
Ooh, I gotta watch it. So uh, uh, that's that's why I'm saying it's like all about religion. It would be a good like uh kind of double feature to watch Dogma and then Red State. And you know, very two very different and Red State was like the a huge departure from like normal Kevin Smith work. But um yeah. I I just really also just kind of like expanding it past that. The fact that Kevin Smith, I just feel like a lot of his uh, work is so inspiring for the sole fact that like he's one of like maybe a good chunk, maybe a good ch- little chunk of filmmakers who basically got successful off of everything that they've written and directed mm-hmm. and probably other stuff too like and from scratch as well because spike lee comes to mind and he made his first film you know that 29 i think he was like 29 when he uh she's gotta have it was made but he was already going to grad he was already graduated from grad school in film he got his mfa and everything kevin swift did this just basically on his own yeah and sure got lucky like kind of like in the sam raimi style like sam raimi kind of struck out and like he got lucky from you know just making stuff that he would probably want to with his friends and i think that's exactly what clark's is and then just it feels like just uh the askew universe at this point is like everybody's just having a fun time making movies mm-hmm. now yeah. and people got famous off of it like you know of course kevin smith uh o'halloran you got a good early matt damon early uh ben affleck who's mm-hmm. in quite a bit of kevin smith's films yeah that i yeah he I first shows up in mall rats <laughs> yeah i didn't realize like how many how ben affleck was in early Kevin Smith. Like I don't yeah. like I don't know they're too that cool like that, but they are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I just I just like that. It's like it's kind of like what uh early version of what like Tyler Perry will soon be to make with his own mm-hmm. own he has it's not a universe but like Kevin Smith has his own empire like Tyler Perry yeah. has his own empire. And I just really really respect that. And, yeah, for sure, because he he yeah. he cultivated his own audience, and he and his audience he carried his audience with him. And mm. I feel like his the audience is very like different now. I don't know, it's not really different. I I wouldn't lie about that, but it's like I think he at this point was able to trust that his audience will, you know, respect the fact that he was doing something different with dogma as compared to the rest of his works of yeah. course it's still a comedy but but tackling religion in such a way and w- i want to talk about the actors too like i yeah. love the way that the casting i feel like it's just pitch perfect yeah like using all of his friends and then adding people like alan rickman like chris rock freaking mm-hmm. um matt damon earlier matt damon like i feel like this is such a departure from his like in his early work but it works so well and it fits so well with the rest of his early work that you're just like he made that 
And you can just tell like all of the improvements that he has done since, you know, Clerks over the past five years. And it's even funnier when you look at that fact that um everything's okay. Yeah, I think Lewis's power just went out. He said to carry on. So we'll see if he pops oh back gosh. in, but we'll carry on with in your honor, Lewis. <laughs> yes. But <clears throat> as I was saying, I just feel like the fact that he they the audience his audience, his fan base, he trusted him so much to be able to understand that this is coming from a different spot. And also with the fact that this was written before clerks. Yeah. Yeah, that's that was kind of crazy to me to read that he like started this before he he did clerks and then kind of realized like I'm going to have to wait until later in my career to do this one. Mm. Yeah. So, and it's also like crazy. Did you know that I didn't know that Jason Mules was like battling, battling with uh, heroin during this time too. Yeah. I mean, I had heard off and on throughout different things that he was, I, I wasn't sure which films they were, but yeah, apparently in this one, he was hardcore on heroin yeah, i didn't know he was using i didn't know he was like hardcore using like that at all like yeah. i didn't know that uh he was like a he was using yeah and, um, and it's just like it, i couldn't tell but it's like apparently there are certain scenes where he's like basically nodding off or like sleeping and mm-hmm. i'm just like oh wow yeah that i'm glad that he he's i'm glad that as far as i know he's still cl- he's clean now so yeah that's why i I respect him for going clean and you know being clean yeah exactly i mean he's he's been clean for a while and him and him and kevin smith do um do like a jay and silent bob get old podcast and like i think at the beginning of every episode he he talks about how long it's been you know they like him and his audience kind of keep him accountable for staying clean and stuff but He's been clean for uh for a while now. He's got he's like married and has a daughter and stuff. Who who um I believe she makes a cameo. His little daughter makes a cameo in Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Oh, that's stuff. cool. Yeah. But I just I just really felt like everything was about this film was great. Like can we talk about the fact that God is a woman? yeah yeah i think that like that is just like the cherry on top of this film is when you get to that ending and god finally appears and it's alanis morissette alanis morissette is god yeah and you know what and it's it's like it does fit it's it's weird because it's like the the movie is very um you know, you're not really sure what what the take is exactly on religion, I think, as you're watching it. You're like, are they, you know, they're, it's clearly kind of a joke. You know, obviously the film, you're not supposed to take it totally seriously. It's a comedy. But then, then it gets to, to that scene with Alanis Morissette as God, and it feels very genuine. Like, it feels like, comforting in a weird way it's like oh if this is god like 
that that's cool like i I want god to be this you know because she's like i don't know there's something about it like the portrayal that's so comforting and genuine and you want to be hugged by god you want to be booped on the nose by god (laughs) you know it's also the fact that like damn god had to get beat up for this (laughs) (laughs) yeah this craziness he's great that craziness man but i kind of wanted to ask do you in the end who do you think did the right thing do like i like taking like the uh plot like the last hat part of the film out of consideration do you feel like um loki and barbie were right or justified in our actions or were you more team Ooh, i forgot linda's character's name uh bethany were right. you more team bethany yeah like uh, um, do which one do you feel like you resonated with more and like oh i see that they have a point there for yeah. why they're doing what they're doing because honestly ob- like obviously yeah <laughs> weirdly enough i think silent bob is the most uh wholesome good person in this whole film like the he like he never complains <laughs> he never uh he's always like there for his friend he's always like you know i mean there's like the scene where um I think Bartleby, like the Ben Affleck character, like, or maybe it's Matt Damon. I can't remember which one, but they like, they knock out Jay. And then Silent Bob is like, and he like, you know, goes after him. And then he also like saves Bethany in the end. Like he goes with Bethany to like find God and stuff. And then she gets wounded. And then he like carries her back to the to the group and he's like sobbing and stuff like i feel like he's just he's always just trying to do the right thing you know whereas like the bethany character honestly is like my least favorite character (laughs) of all the all the characters i feel like she's like in a different movie (laughs) than everyone else no my oh yeah no i can see that um I mean, she's a good actress and stuff, but it's just like, uh, I don't know. She's she's very passive in like going through with all of this. You know, she she just doesn't even want to be there today. <laughs> Did you just you? <sighs> Speaking of, I love uh, Brian O'Halloran's part. I'm pretty sure he's uh, playing his own cousin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Brian O'Halloran shows up and um uh the guy that plays Randall um should I put their names in a here. bit role. Huh? I think he was like in a bit role. Like, yeah, well he's the guy that uh is at the gun store. He's like selling mm-hmm. the guns to uh to the two angels. Um But I think one thing that was confusing is that I feel like there are so many different um there are so many different like plot elements 
and just like all of the characters intertwining it just felt it did feel like it was confusing at first because they were trying to put like three or four different um plots into one film yeah there is like there is a lot yeah. going on it seems jeff anderson that's who plays <clears throat> randall and clerks um but yeah there is a lot going on it's like uh oh here's lewis coming back um yay hold for lewis ladies and gentlemen He's coming back to us. His, his power went out. Um, Lewis, you, are you there, Lewis? Can you hear me? Yes. Oh my god, the best laid plans. And then, so we, so because we live in the middle of nowhere, we have power outages that last like hours, just randomly. Yeah. And because it rained today, I guess our grid couldn't keep up with it, so uh, the power's gone. So sorry. That's okay, but I'm back. Go North Texas. <laughs> yeah. There you um, go. Well, welcome back. We've talked about uh, Alanis Morissette. We've talked about, oh my God. you know, God and, and all that. And That was going to be my favorite topic. Really? <laughs> yeah. Alanis well, Morissette you... in this movie changes my life. Yeah, that's Literally. what I was kind of saying. It was just like, you know the film feels like you're not exactly sure what the film is trying to say about religion, but then at the end when she shows up, it feels very genuine. Yeah. I was going to say that one of the, my favorite ever kind of two second clips is when she gives them Jay a kiss on the cheek and the little smile she does. Yeah. It's just, it just melts me every time. I think it's just beautiful. Yeah. Um, that It's like the God you want to see, right? Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> go ahead. No, I was just saying that. Like, my personal favorite is just, just seeing like, just like the B roll that they get of her, just like playing in a tree and the flowers yeah. and stuff she's like god is just so whimsical like if god was like her i would be like a devout christian all day every day like, yeah <clears throat> yeah man it's the, it's the kind of person Sunday. you want to be around yeah 100 um, percent. have we talked about alan rickman yet not in not depth yet. okay cool do you want to hear the story i teased yes earlier? Yes, please. Okay. Okay. So this was exactly. So this was um, not long after I saw Dogma, I don't think, for the first time. So I I had a dream very similar to Brandon's um, and Bruce Campbell, just dropping that in again. Um, (laughs) And in my dream, we were in like this big white room, and Alan Rickman kind of walked over to me and he was like, Hey, I've got a question for you, Lewis. And I was like, Yeah, what? Anything. And he was like, do you, when I'm gone, do you think that people are going to remember me? And I was like, yeah, always. You know, using his line from Harry Potter back in. And I woke up after that dream. And I was like, that was weird. And Chelsea was like, oh, my God, Alan Rickman died last night. Holy shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that was, so that is my, like, Alan Rickman story. Um, and it was very spooky, and I didn't feel comfortable for like a few days after that. I felt like somebody was watching me, and I think it was all in my head. But yeah, it was a very weird dream. 
to say that I'm I love Alan Rickman, but I'm not like I wouldn't say I'm his number one fan in terms of like obsessed with him. You know, not enough to have dreams about him. Yeah, um, and the fact that it kind of he showed up the night that he passed is very strange. That is totally weird. Are you yeah. related? Anyway, nah, who knows? Maybe I'll have to go and have a look. Yeah, in the uh, in the archives, in the Walker archives, see, see wow. if there's any crossing over. That's crazy, man. That's some divine intervention. Yeah, it's insane, right? It's just it's so weird. And every time I watch like Die Hard and stuff, I'm just like, there he is. He's he came to me. Yeah, <laughs> you're carrying his it's memory weird. on, Lewis. Like apparently so. I mean, I haven't really done a lot with it yet, so I'm sorry, Alan, but, but I'll keep trying. You know. Well, you're 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 making people remember this movie. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Against but, obscurity, you know, it's not available uh, to watch, but we'll get there. We'll get it out there. Oh yeah. I want to ask though. What did he look like, Metatron, or did he look like Snape? Because. I, I think he just looked chill. He didn't look like Snape. You know, he was just kind of, from my recollection, it was more, you know, dogma than it was <laughs> um, Harry Potter. But yeah, I mean. He was just chilling in film heaven. Yeah, that's it. I don't know what I was doing there. <laughs> but <laughs> Chilling in film heaven. Angel, yeah. Angel, Ken doll, anatomy and all. <laughs> so every time i see him i'm just like there he is My yeah name. yeah he he i mean he is brilliant in this movie i mean he's yeah. so great he's so funny um yeah like he's he's awesome you can just tell that he's having a lot of fun do you know where how some people do like some roles and you're like what on earth were they thinking you know, like this just doesn't fit them at all. For this, you could just tell he was having a blast. Yeah. And he was just loving being in every scene and kind of, you know, not playing the super serious mm -hmm. part. He was getting to kind of like play around his accents a little bit different, you know, and um, it's just, it's just, it's a joy. Yeah. We were just talking about Jason Mewes a second ago when you were gone and about his, uh, mm. his heroin addiction and stuff and how he was on heroin during this film. Um, at which yeah. he's clean and sober now but uh he oh, apparently jason muse like was was nervous about working with alan rickman and so he memorized the entire script jason did so that he That's wouldn't he, so that he wouldn't make any mistakes acting with alan rickman and i think this is like one of the best jay and silent bob like iterations mm -hmm. you know I, I don't feel like they ever outstay the welcome the jokes are kind of funny there's the great line of like you know we're pro-choice you know but we just thought that the abortion clinic was a great place to pick up chicks yeah. you know there's, there's still the jay and silent bob that we kind of think we know but there's also the like hey we're not as you know we're not who you think you are we are yeah and and they do, they do a really good job with silent bob too i feel like he's he says the perfect he has the perfect amount of lines mm -hmm. in this movie where it makes sense that he's called silent bob yeah. you know and then their yeah. intro as well like i uh, i did watch this film it was probably a year or two ago with my buddy uh taylor holden shout out to taylor That's which i got I, I got taylor hooked on kevin smith um mm -hmm. 
at some point I was just like, you need to be watching Kevin Smith. You're going to like him a lot. So he had already seen Clerks and Mallrat. He he kind of went in order. He he watched Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, and and he watched Dogma with me. And we we sat down in my living room to watch it one night, and we like smoked some weed and got high and stuff. And and then when it got to the scene where Jay and Silent Bob come in, it was like. It was so great to watch it with him because he he was just he he loved it so much. Like he was just so like he was like cheering. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because the way that they introduce them is like a superhero entrance. Mm-hmm. You know, you just hear snooch to the nooch, and then it's just like dun dun dun, and you just hear the punches, and like you don't really see them yet, and you just see like the close up of Silent Bob's mouth and him lighting the cigarette and stuff, and um. Because at that point, it's like it's like at least 30 or 40 minutes into the movie. Yeah. So so you've kind of had a chance to like be like, OK, I'm watching a Kevin Smith movie. And and you've had a chance to be like, I don't think, you know, to, to just kind of forget about Jay and Silent Bob that they exist. And then when they come in, it's like, oh, cool. They're here. You know? Yeah. This is cool. Cool. Uh, it, it is really moment. cool. Yeah, and I think that you know later on, especially when they get their own films, you know it does kind of wane a little bit. I think that this is the perfect, like I said, I think this is just the perfect amount of the you know the characters as as much yeah. as you know they have become the front and center of the VSQ universe. They are supporting characters. You know they yeah they're the R two D two C three PO yeah of that universe. Yeah, exactly, and. Uh, and like I said, this is the perfect amount of them for me. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just balanced great. Nice. I agree with that. I agree. <clears throat> um, All right. Favorite characters? Ooh, or for um, Lewis? Yeah, because we all, kind of already everybody. talked about it. Okay. Look, I know, I know your least favorite, though. Yeah. Stephanie. <laughs> Yeah, for me, yes. Mm, Lewis, what? So, favorite character? Mm, I really, really like Bartleby's kind of like character arc throughout this. You know, the kind of the level-headed. Let's just, you know, do our best to get back up until the kind of okay. This is I'm going to lose it now. You know, I'm going to go off the deep end, and I think Ben Affleck does such a good job of of doing that and I, I don't know whether it's because he's playing opposite Matt Damon and there's the kind of trust there where they can you know lean into it a little bit more um but yeah I, I really like um Ben Affleck's ball being this a lot and like I said I mean I think Jane Silent Bob with the amount that they're in are the bits that you know you remember and you kind of laugh at the most um and the you know I'll take from it I guess what about you Jason who's your favorite so I know we didn't get to talk about him much, but one of my favorite characters is actually Rufus. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And it's mm-hmm. not just because he's black. <laughs> <laughs> it's more so because like you don't really t- like even though we don't really know if there's a 13th uh, disciple, but it's also the fact that you don't really talk. You don't really get to see like how actual like 
like if you see look at the portraits of like you know the disciples and whatnot you expect for them to be either black or a more diverse like color range but they're all white they're all like light-skinned and you're just like i don't think that's how history was like back in the day because yeah. i'm assuming it was hot so that's all i like about rufus being you know the prophet and that's kind of why he's my favorite character he was also like the perfect like mid-show like comic relief character yeah that turns out to actually like you know there's a reason why he's there so i i love that and then between <clears throat> even though like chris i have like an iffy iffy relationship with chris rock now but back in the day perfect yeah and then when it comes to the other main characters mm, um i like metatron a lot he was just he's just the way that alan rickman just played his character is just fucking hilarious yeah and him being an angel just fits so so well like those wings felt like it he had wings on his back the whole time yeah so those are my two Nice. Yeah, I feel like Rufus had the best lines in this yeah. whole movie. I was surprised, honestly, when I read that uh, the line where he's like, Jesus owes me 12 bucks, uh, that Chris Rock actually improvised that line. Because mm. uh, I, because it, it seemed like a line that I was like, oh, that's probably the line that got Chris Rock to want to make this movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, that's, that's his. Uh, and he owned it like he he might be one of my favorite characters of the, of the movie besides silent bob which i i talked about earlier lewis when you were you were gone silent bob feels like the most wholesome character in this whole movie you know he's always sticking up for his friend and he carries uh he carries bethany back to the group when she's died and stuff and he's like crying um yeah, it's. I mean, he is great. Yeah, yeah. Is wonderful. Um, but man, everybody's so good in this movie. I mean, Salma Hayek, like, the show. <laughs> I she's forgot amazing. about this shit monster. Oh my god, <laughs> the shit monster. Yeah, there's a shit monster in this movie. I, that I found it so gross, but yet so hilarious. Like I remember watching it, and I was like, "Oh, look, it's the mighty Bush." And he's throwing his shit at everybody. And yeah, like, there's. Oh my god. There's so much about this film I think that you miss on a first watch. You know, this was like my fifth or sixth time to watch it, and even like even this time it was like, uh, I didn't realize that the in the opening scene, you know, when they kill the old guy at the beach, that that's God. Yeah, you kind like, of forget that he was even in yeah the film at all by the yeah. time we get to the end you know um but yeah this movie is it's it's got a lot going on but it's all it's all good stuff like but it does take a few watches to kind of like absorb everything and you know i think the kind of like what i was saying like the the silliness of it and stuff and and all the commentary like rufus has a lot of good commentary like he's like challenging 
uh, your ideas of what you, what you believe in and stuff. Um, and, uh, and you don't really know, okay, is this totally making fun of religion or is it, you know, is it more coming from a genuine place of questioning it? Um, and then at the end, you know, with the God scene, it's like, it feels very wholesome in, in, a, in a way, you know? Yeah. So the question I have is, uh, do you think that this movie is made by someone who still has faith in God? Um, personally, yeah. I think when it boils down to, I think, I, I don't know, you know, obviously God is in it, but I think the overall message that I got is, you know, God is good and there is something higher than us. And even though it doesn't feel like there is a plan, there is. Yeah. You know, um, and I, I know I've talked about this on the pod before when, you know, I've watched like The Last Temptation of Christ and stuff. I really, really like films that deal with faith and people questioning their beliefs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, and I think that this film kind of does that really well. We get to see somebody questioning their faith and kind of asking those questions that I'm sure people who, are, you know, are devout Christians and stuff have asked the same questions to themselves and seeing and seeing answers, you know, seeing like these things happen on screen that could provide some kind of closure. And someone that's obviously wrestled with those questions a lot themselves. Yeah. Mm. Beautifully put. <clears throat> I agree. Yeah. Okay. Another question. This comes, this is actually a review by Broken Lens Films on Letterboxd, who is our friend, uh, our film friend, uh, Mitch Norris, who we'll probably have on the, on the podcast as a guest at some point. Um, but he he gave the film four stars and he said, honestly, how did Kevin Smith come up with this before he started smoking weed? Because <laughs> even though Kevin plays a pothead in all these movies, he didn't really start smoking weed till he was like in his 40s. Yeah. Late, late career. And now he's like, yeah. he smokes like a lot. All the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is it is a crazy... There's so like yeah, a lot of crazy stuff to think about. But what what were you gonna say, Lewis? I was just gonna say that I think that we talked again, we've talked about this kind of thing, how watching movies can open your mind to all these different things. And I know Kevin Smith has spoken a lot film about is going, a drug. Uh, yeah, it's my <laughs> drug. Um <laughs> I know that before he made clerks, he went to like a lot of art house cinemas and watched a lot of foreign films and kind of independent underground films and i just yeah. see that side of his life just being like head-on collision with his life before film you know he's telling he's showing us his questions of faith and kind of his background but in a medium that he's playing with still yeah you know it's kind of it is it's a very filmic like film it, you know it's a very cinematic film is what i'm trying to say it's just you can just see those two things colliding throughout the whole thing yeah it's great yeah man god damn it mitch 
<laughs> of course, only he would ask a question like that. Uh, I should have known. <laughs> I should have known. But um, <clears throat> go ahead. I'm just like <laughs> that's a lot of research you put into someone who's like you know, supposedly a pothead, but you don't suppose actually smoke. Like, that takes a lot of research and effort. So I, I feel well, like Kevin Smith for that. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like what I was saying earlier. It's like he grew up in the Catholic Church, so a lot of it he already knew. Like, you know, especially if you're questioning your faith and, and you're at a point where maybe you're giving up on it or something, you're like, well, what do I do with all this useless information? And like, you know, the, you know, it to someone who might not be religious or might not know anything that's in the bible it's like all the stuff that he came up with might seem like he had to smoke weed to come up with it but it's all there in the bible <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah, a so. trip in itself <laughs> yeah um yeah the bible <laughs> is an acid trip and film oh, yeah. is a drug oh yeah that's a, bold that's, a t- statements here today. that's a t-shirt it's an FCR t-shirt right there. Oh, I love that. Yeah. They trademarked so, before anyone else gets that idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else? Anybody have anything else? I think we're getting close to the end of the show. Um, the last thing I just wanted to say was that the first time I watched this, I think I rated it three stars, and I think I didn't quite grasp the whole thing the first yeah. time I watched it. I think, you know, I was probably watching it for the viewer skew comedy adjacent film um yeah but on this rewatch i mean this is why i hadn't managed to go back to it since i first watched it and this is why film church is so great because i can go back and spend the time and watch it again mm-hmm. and get something completely different out of it so i mean yeah. jason thank you so much for choosing it and letting me go back to this film i appreciate it so much of course yeah. i'm glad that we were able to experience it yeah man thank you um so do we want to try and guess what we all rated it? <laughs> I think all of our ratings are already on Letterboxd because this was our, our second watch. Or, I mean, not second watch, but not the first watch. Um, the non has changed. Watch. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. We've never tried to guess with this many people. <laughs> so I don't know how yeah. it would work. It's just going to be that Spider-Man meme of all three of them pointing mm-hmm. at each other. <laughs> My camera's not on, but I'm doing it. <laughs> um, why don't we just say what we rated the film? I think it, it did go up for me, actually, too. Uh, yeah. So uh, it went from four to four and a half. Okay. Um, J- Jason, what about you? Mine, uh, I think, say the same at four. Nice. Mine went from three stars to four. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah, it jumped a whole star. So I yeah. think that it's probably one of his most, um, I don't know, well-rounded films, I would say. Yeah. It's a very smart it's... film. Very smart. Yeah. 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 We love yeah. you, Kevin. Yeah, we do. Uh, wait, I can do that. 
All right. Um, <laughs> what? What? How? What? What, what, what are we watching next Ooh. week, Lewis? <laughs> so I'm going to try something different, and I, I have got multiple apps open on the phone that I'm using. So if I do start to sound a bit wonky, um, bear with me. But when we started Film Church, Brandon, this was all about ticking off those films that we hadn't seen that we should have seen. Yes. And kind of getting them, you know, get them down. So what I'm going to do is in a second, I'm going to ask for you to pick a year. Um, and it's any year that film has been uh, around. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go on Letterboxd and I'm going to go on the most popular and filter it by year. So whatever <laughs> year you pick, I'm going to pick that year and the film that I haven't seen that is highest on that list is the film that we're going to watch next week. Okay. Oh wow. Um because hmm. it's risky because you know there's there's a lot of films that I haven't seen and there's probably a lot of popular films that I haven't seen for good reason. Yeah. So it's a okay. risky one. But I'm putting the blame on to you. So all right. <laughs> uh <laughs> I'm gonna go with something that you might not go with. Okay. 1991. Year I was born. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What? Really? I was going to go with 90 because yeah. it was the year I was born, but I was like, no, nah, I'm going to pick your year. Oh my God. <laughs> we're all 90s babies. <laughs> you know what's crazy? The what? film from 1991 I downloaded yesterday to add to my watch list. Oh, yeah. So the film, the most popular film from 1991 that I haven't seen yet is Point Break, directed what? by Catherine Bigelow <laughs> with Patrick Swayze, Keanu Reeves. Oh my God. That'll be yeah. interesting. I was not expecting that. <laughs> Me either. I, honestly, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, it wasn't the most popular film of 1991 on Letterboxd, but we've seen some. I mean, I've seen Silence of the Lambs, Terminator 2, Beauty and the Beast, Thelma and Louise, and My Own Private Idaho. So it was sick on that list. Okay. So Point Break, which is really exciting to me. I'm I'm stoked. So <laughs> yeah, me too. I haven't good seen choice, it. Good so. choice, Brandon. <laughs> uh, thanks. Well, cool. That'll be next week, everyone. <clears throat> so try to find it watch it even if you don't you know we'll try to put on a good show and and uh tell you all about it so that'll be next week everybody um this brings us to the end of the show of course you can find us on twitter instagram youtube all the social medias at film church radio you can follow us individually on letterboxd um jason is going to be at sisu photo that's s-i-s-u-f-o-t-o i am at selman scope and Lewis is at Walker Lewis 3007 um, on letterbox. You can keep up with what we've been watching. You can see our watch list. You can, I mean, every time we watch a film, we log it. So you can actually see from day to day what we're watching and what we rate things. Um, and you can find all of our back episode streaming of film church radio and all good podcast platforms. Please leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you think of the show, what you think we should watch for future episodes, uh, potential guests, anything like that, let us know if you're a fan and and uh, we love to hear from you guys. Jason, it's been a pleasure. Thank you again for being here. Um, you can thank you. Yeah, man. 
Like this has been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's been a blast. You can you can find Jason's work on uh, his website, uh, sisufoto.myportfolio.com. Uh, that's the best place, right? Uh, yeah, that's one of them. But okay. I also have www.ccstudios.org oh, okay. for more. I thought you had another website, but I I should have dug a little more. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I should I should have just sent it over to you. Oh, um, uh, it's all good. I have listeners know now. Uh, and yeah. you can also find his film Broken Boy on YouTube. It's uh on the Selman Scope YouTube channel. Um, and you can find his podcast host of horrors available wherever you get your podcasts if you want to hear more jason takes <laughs> you get the best takes from jay that's right um <laughs> man this has been great uh but lewis do you know what the dead do with most of their time they watch the living especially in the shower Man, I can't wait to die. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, this has been so fun. I don't want it to end, but we'll have to have you back, Jason. Please do. Thank you so much for putting up with my terrible, terrible power problems. (laughs) No, like, that's fine because I I get it. Things happen. So, yeah, I'm still here. (laughs) Yeah, we made it work. You know, the show goes on. That's right. Must go on. That's right. Then it went on all right. (laughs) (laughs) all right everybody say your film church prayers and uh we'll see you next week amen amen Amen. (laughs) yay god